This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week are two fantastic people. We're doing a very special mini-sode this week, so I'm joined by one of our regular guests, Renee Rodriguez. Uh, Kamehame, how you doing? <laughs> and this week, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Daniel Martinez. Danny, could you give us an intro for us? Could you tell people about who you are and why you're here? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Mike. Uh, well, I am, first of all, a listener of the IRCB podcast, and I've been one for a while. Uh, so thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, I also have my own comics book, comic books podcast called Next Issue Podcast. You can find that you know on the internet. And I just kind of love talking about all kinds of nerdy stuff, comics, movies, uh, and in this case, manga and anime. Yeah, that's because today, you know, I'm very happy that you're here, Renee. I'm very happy that you're here as well because we're talking about a thing that I think all three of us love to death. We are talking about Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super. Maybe we'll touch on Dragon Ball GT, as well as all the various anime and video games and movies. We're talking about all things Akira Toriyama, Dragon Ball-oriented stuff. So, you guys, the question I have to ask now is, what really got you into Dragon Ball? I mean, everybody who's listened to this, if you don't know what Dragon Ball is, go do a Google search. I don't think I can succinctly express what it is. I mean... The baseline is it's a fighting manga all about Saiyans and aliens and Dragon Balls and wishes. There's way more to it than that. But so, Danny, Renee, I guess I'm going to toss to you first, Renee. Could you tell us about what you what got you into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> I am the youngest of five boys, uh, which means that uh, whatever my brothers were watching, I was watching. So I started watching DBZ uh, around the age of four. Uh, just cause like wow. we, we ha- I don't remember what channel it was on, but it was on this random basic cable channel that we had. And like, so we would watch it. Uh, it was, it came on after church and we had it, but we had to like, actually, as soon as service was done, we had to rush home. We had to make sure that it was like, mom, you're not talking to anybody. We got to get home. You know, it's a saying soccer's <laughs> happening. And, uh, right. This was the the dub where, you know, instead of saying, like, you killed him, it was like, oh, we sent him into another dimension. Uh, right, of course. And so, like, we – so we would watch that because it would uh, – you know, after that, it was all Hercules and Xena. Um, and then it switched it to – It sounds like it was UPN or WB or something I think that, like that. I think That's... it was UPN. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So, yeah, we watched it on that first, and then, you know, they it moved to Toonami and on Cartoon Network. And then it just became like, you know, I'd, I'd watch it at a friend's house every so often. And uh, I didn't actually get into the manga until I uh, started hanging out with my cousin after I moved from California to Michigan. And he had just one random volume. It was volume four, which is the first fight between Goku and Vegeta. And he was like, nice. I, he's like, you should read this. It's dope. And I was like, okay. And it was awesome. And Honestly, that was probably the volume of manga that made me be like, forget watching. Let's read this because holy crap. And I actually still have that volume. Um, But yeah, I just never looked back from that. And then it was just, you know, when you could rent VHS tapes, DVDs, you know, Mm -hmm. swipe some from your brother's friends, you know whatever then when normal I, stuff yeah when i got my first job the first thing i bought with my paycheck was a dragon ball z manga <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and you've been a fan ever since yeah yeah so i mean dragon ball z is what 
you know, started my weeb journey and I am forever grateful for it. So, well, that's no regrets. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting way to put it, but I'm, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that we have this in common. And, you know, Danny, I got to cut over to you. I got to know what got you started on this whole thing. Cause I'm excited to tell my whole journey, but I got to know what happened with you. What made you fall in love with this crazy anime manga series? Sure. Um, just a quick note. Let me know when we're going to get into GT so I can dip out. <laughs> I don't think we're going to touch GT. Dude. I, I think that was mostly a joke. <laughs> we got to at least talk about Vegeta's mustache. We Okay, maybe we'll touch on some funny bits, but I don't think we'll go into it too deep. Um, so, well, as, listening to Renee, um, I could immediately tell I'm a little bit older than him. <laughs> Because he said he was four, and I was like, oh, man, I've been watching Dragon Ball a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm originally, I'm originally from Mexico. So in Mexico, Dragon Ball was a big thing. Like, anime is a big thing. It's uncensored. It's just you get the real good stuff. So I've been watching. Oh, watching okay. Yeah, I was watching Dragon Ball probably when I was around uh, seven or eight, maybe, maybe younger. I don't, I really don't remember, but it was on. You know, every night we'll have a new episode. Uh, and then that kept rolling into Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. I remember in elementary school, like, it was all the rage to, like, try to go to the school computer and print out Dragon Ball Z pictures and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I actually didn't know about manga until maybe I was in my 20s or so. Like, okay. I, I didn't know that all these anime came from from books. So, so when I went, and even then, it Dragon Ball was not one of the ones that because I've seen it so much. Like, you know, whenever I, um, whenever I was watching the the anime, like I never thought, well, let me go back to the source material or anything like that. I was just like, give me more of this animated stuff. Right, right. Dragon Ball Super is the first thing that I've actually gone back and actually read the manga. Okay. Okay. But since you were a little kid, you've been into this at some point, and and then you discovered manga, and and now you're you're reading Dragon Ball Super, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we would. I remember going on like Ross, Dress for Less, or like I don't think we had TJ Maxx back then, but like try to find tapes. Or oh, uh, okay. We would swap uh, VHS tapes so we could like record each other's tapes or whatever, because not everybody had everything recorded from Toonami. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been kind of like gotta find it all. There was no streaming services back then, so I couldn't just go look it up. Oh, of course. Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, I that I I didn't know that that anime was that huge in Mexico. I I had no idea, and the fact that you got to see the uncensored stuff. I mean, I think what they aired on Toonami was very censored, right? Like Renee was saying, like that yo, you blast them off to another dimension. Or I know that there is definitely some cuts of Dragon Ball uh, Z in specific that has like, it's it's actually supposed to be pretty bloody, but when they showed it in the US, they had to edit it down like crazy, cut out entire portions of fights and, you know, even go back and retouch over different things. Like I'm pretty sure when Piccolo blasts straight through um, uh, Raditz and Goku, there's supposed to be a huge bloody hole. And in the, I remember in the Toonami version, it definitely was just like, oh, he got burned really bad and somehow so did Goku. <laughs> yeah, I think they just <laughs> had know? they just like, painted it black and they were just like you know we're not gonna really discuss it yeah exactly exactly yeah, the, the, um, the biggest difference is that the guinea force went out a lot more violently in the uncut version than right i remember in tsunami right um 
yeah I, that i mean here i feel like they're a big huge joke but i think that they were actually formidable foes <laughs> in the original anime if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah but uh yeah well that's that's fantastic i mean and, and now you're here we're talking about dragon ball and dragon ball z and dragon ball super i mean my my origins in dragon ball z was it's very weird because i wasn't into it at all when i was younger um some friends of mine well i guess that's probably not true a, a friend of mine was really into it like i would go to his house and we'd after school and we would sit down and we watched toonami for an hour um like i'd go to his house just to watch tv i clearly i definitely had it uh to like ca- cartoon network at my house but i never watched toonami unless i was over at this guy's house and and um, we would sit down and we, you know, we always wanted to be Saiyans and, and all this stuff. And even going through middle school, I remember I had like usernames that were like Super Saiyan 0986, you know, Goku, Vegeta or whatever. Um, and I always thought that Trunks was like the coolest character ever. And then like my interest in anime and manga completely dipped off um, well before I even got into comic books. And I didn't even I wasn't even aware of the manga version of Dragon Ball. I knew that there was manga because a friend of that same friend who really loved it, um, he collected all sorts of different stuff. I think he was collecting Love Hina at one point, which is like a harem manga. Um, and for like a 12 or 13 year old boy to be collecting that's kind of, I guess, I don't know, that's the target demographic, I guess, um, in some ways. But uh, anyways, I, I didn't really get into the show again, I think, until college when a friend of mine and I were like, hey, let's watch all of Dragon Ball. Let's go all the way from the beginning and watch all of Dragon Ball. And then when we get to Dragon Ball Z, we'll watch all of Dragon Ball Z and we'll have said that we were able to watch it. We watch all the movies and all this stuff. Um, we didn't make it all the way through Dragon Ball. We got, I think, a third of the way through and then realized that there were nine more seasons and they all involved Red Ribbon Army and we were not interested in Red Ribbon Army at all. Um, we just wanted to watch like the tournament fights. And so we skipped to the last season, which was all about the tournament before Goku. You know, he grows up and he's kind of a little bit older and he has this big fight and Piccolo's there and uh, Tien Shinhan and all that stuff. And... Uh, then we started to watch Dragon Ball Z and then I would just start falling asleep while we were watching it. And <laughs> that was like my last foray into Dragon Ball until probably like three or four years ago. Um, I met some people that were really into Dragon Ball Z and just really into manga in general. And I'd started to open my eyes a little bit more to manga. And I read, I think, like I started watching Dragon Ball Z Kai um, and I got three quarters of the way through it and then the last fight like with the the androids and like the cell games and all the stuff with boo i was just like oh my god this is taking forever to watch and so i just jumped on comiXology and i read all the last volumes of dragon ball z because i really wanted to get caught up for super because i think resurrection f had just come out and i just wanted to get caught up and then of course i i continued reading um through all that i watched the movies and then i jumped right into super i haven't watched any of the super anime because i heard it's not great but um yeah, I, I've been very much into like this. This thing in the last few years has rekindled my love for the series um, as I remember having a really good time and watching the show and not realizing how long it took for each episode to go through um, or to actually pass. And so reading the manga was really, really great because it's, you know, reading comics in general, you take it at your own pace. And so, yeah, I've I've gotten very much into it and like rekindling all these old memories has caused me to buy all sorts of stuff that I probably wouldn't have bought like even 10 years ago um, as a college kid. So, yeah, you know, action figures and T-shirts and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I guess, you know, we, we we've all we've all been, I guess, pretty deep, big fans, I guess, on the whole. Um, 
since we were younger. I guess the question now is, you know, why do you guys like this series? What is it that draws you to Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super? Why do you keep reading um, these comics that are kind of the same thing over and over and over? And yet it's different somehow. Um, I guess I'll I'll pitch back to you, Danny. What keeps you reading and wanting to keep reading um, Dragon Ball? Yeah, uh, I think as a kid, um, it was really a lot of the, you know, the flashy stuff with the with the big attacks and the violence and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, like, you know, I've gone back and rewatched it. I probably do a rewatch every couple of years um, of at least Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get, when, we, when we got Dragon Ball Z Kai, that was like a godsend because it's like this is the way it was really supposed to be without all the as much as I enjoyed all the filler stuff in the first watch through. Like, it's not something I want to revisit all the time. Like, I don't care about that other world tournament that doesn't exist. Right, uh, right. Uh, but I think I think the characters, like, when you go back and draw a line, especially, and I'm going to bring up Vegeta because I think he's the best character in, mm-hmm. in Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Like, his evolution, along with everybody else, but his evolution, really, you can really tell that he's been on a journey and it's, Especially when you put him against a foil like Goku, who, as much as you know, he's changed a little bit, but he, he really he's really the same character, even from Dragon Ball, you know. Yeah. Um. So just just seeing that comparison and then expanding at, at this point, it's like these are old friends, and you want to know where their story's going. Yeah. So every time they would announce, like, uh, Renee and I were talking a little bit before recording when you were, uh, you know, getting water about the the little movie for the anniversary where they introduced uh, Vegeta's little brother and, uh, oh. Apo and Kato. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, so every time they dropped a little bit of new content, uh, especially after, you know, being burned by GT a little bit, uh, you know, it, it was just like, give me a little bit more. Let me know. What are my, you know, what are, what are these people up to now? How are they changing? How are they evolving? Like, I really wanted to see, vegeta as a family man because it's so different (laughs) right yeah 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 so i mean i think that's what keeps me going back these are like old friends that i kind of want to revisit now yeah i totally get that uh what about you renee what what keeps you reading dragon ball so uh growing up um i was always really into martial arts films and like action movies like my dad he was super into him and he really looked up to Bruce Lee. So we watched all the Bruce Lee films, Jackie Chan films, and just like any martial arts thing, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. you know, it does despite how like maybe not good they were. Like we still quote Street Fighter with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like yeah. to this day, that movie is terrible, but also <laughs> I will probably watch it like right after this. Uh, right. I, yeah, I get you. But I mean, so I grew, I grew up, you know, you know, watching martial arts stuff and my brothers and I were in martial arts classes. And, uh, so like we, and you know, you're five boys who can try to beat the crap out of each other. Cause you're all relatively the same size for a while at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I loved the idea of fighting, you know, and, and then there's this series that is just pretty like, at least when you were a kid, it seemed like it was nothing but fighting. You know, there's always right. more and more fighting, you know, you didn't really, you didn't really realize how long they screamed until you grew up. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. I think it took me to the Garlic Junior saga, 
to really realize like there was a whole like episode and a half where Piccolo's just screaming and mm-hmm. like I was like this this is a long this is a long time but um I was I really loved martial arts and the way that like that was what caught my attention was I was like it's all about fighting and when I read that manga that volume four and like just sort of watching or like looking at the panels the way that Akira Toriyama just studied movement and everything moves really quickly and like your the the panels and the way everything is drawn has a natural flow to it that you can follow and it almost feels like they're they're obviously just it's just ink on a piece of paper and yet somehow it feels like it's alive and yeah that that constant rush you know, that keeps me watching these old terrible action movies also makes me want to keep reading Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And um, also I'm still, I'm, I'm always going to be a forever child uh, like Nizuma Eji. <laughs> so, I mean, all of the, yeah. all of the gags in Dragon Ball that are even dumb, like even the, the rabbit that he sends to the moon and that's where they get, you know, moon cakes I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And to this day, if I see uh, anything that has to do with mooncakes, I'm like, oh, obviously it was made by the rabbit that Goku trapped on the moon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's it's silly, but I'm, I'm, I am pleased. It doesn't take a lot to please me. So, yeah. But I mean, Dragon Ball is so good at what it does. And it's just, yeah. you know, it just makes me, it get, I get that sort of, it's part nostalgia, but also just part like, man, this is so well done. That keeps me wanting to reread it over and over again. Plus it's a nice yeah. palate cleanser when you're in between stuff. Well, I mean, the, the downside is if you're reading Dragon Ball Super, like like we are, um, week to week at this point, I think it's it's a pain in the ass that you have to wait a whole month for a single issue. But you know what? I'm willing to wait for it because it is it is that fantastic. Um, so you just got to get over that. You just got to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've gotten over it. And deal with it. And <laughs> Believe me, I've got I've got one piece to read. It's it's totally fine. Um, Amanda, but yeah, I mean, I, oh. I I feel like I I agree. I definitely agree with you guys. Like you know, this this series is something that it it's got like a nostalgia factor. It is. It just feels really good. Like I I like the 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 way that you put it, Danny. You know, like this is like seeing old friends and seeing what what's happened to them. And the fact that this series continues to go on, you know, with Super coming back, I I hope that the manga is still wildly popular. I have to imagine that it is. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have made it to you know sixty plus issues. And so I. I think that seeing the characters evolve as I, you know, if you, if you're someone like me who binged a lot of stuff really, really quickly and you watch people or the characters, you know, go from just powering up to learning the Kamehameha to, you know, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan 2, and then beyond. I mean, we're not going to go into the crazy weird GT stuff yet, but um, to see those characters grow and, you know, the, the thing that always kept me in the series, that especially on my most recent binge of everything, was this constant rivalry between Vegeta and Goku and how they are both you know, consider the you know they're considered the last Saiyans alive um, until the story needs another Saiyan to be alive. Um, but as far as the story, you know, usually is concerned, they are the last two, and so to see them as the most powerful and constantly trying to one up each other, um, I always like that rivalry because I felt like it was a it's a healthy rivalry where they're not trying to kill each other; they're just trying to outdo each other because they want to be the best. Um, 
And in more recent, you know, issues, uh, especially of Super, where Goku and Vegeta have split up to the point where they're like, I know that the only way that we can win this thing is if we work together, but we refuse to, um, is probably some of the most compelling work that I've seen from the series, at least from Super, um, in a while. And yeah, which I guess kind of brings me to the next point that I wanted to get to, which is, you know, we find the series compelling. We keep, we keep coming back to it. I mean, what are some of your favorite bits of Dragon Ball and, you know, from Dragon Ball all the way through Super? Like, what are some of your favorite moments? And we'll include some of the movies. I know a lot of the movies out there aren't in canon, um, but, you know, with the new Broly movie, who knows what's going to happen um, after the new Broly movie, I should say. Um, who knows what other old Dragon Ball cinematic things they're actually going to bring back into the universe and say this is canon versus this is not um because as far as we're concerned gt didn't happen at least in canon and so we need to just move on from that but i guess you know what are you guys what are you what are your favorite moments from the series uh i, I mean i could take a crack at this yeah you want um you know i mean you brought up the the broly movie and in kind of preparation for this i you know because i'm a consummate professional i forced myself to rewatch all the movies again I'm so sorry you had to do that. You know, I'm really sorry. I'm willing to go that extra mile. I even watched the uncut uh, version of Battle of Gods, which has 20 minutes longer of fighting. And really, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah, great. I, I, I found it while I was trying to. Um, so that was one of the movies that I wasn't able to buy on Blu-ray because it sold out immediately. Well, at least the the one I wanted, mm-hmm. um, the collector's edition thing. So. I was looking for it this weekend and I was like, wait a minute, this is an uncut version of this. Oh, I'm watching that. Um, and after watching Super, like, you realize that they changed a little bit from the movie. I mean, they changed, I guess the movie came out when there was no manga, right? Right. So they changed the manga adaptation and the Super adaptation uh, of that story and of the, the Freezer story. But I think this trilogy of movies, like, it could be its own thing. Like even if we didn't never got super, like these three movies have just been like. It feels like the pinnacle of what everything in Dragon Ball has been building up to, especially this last movie with Broly. I mean, yeah, I, if we're talking, uh, and we're talking Resurrection F, Battle of the Gods, and Broly. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, this the, the Broly movie. I watched it three times that week that it came out in theaters. Holy smokes, dude! Yeah. You can deal with that much yelling in your ear. <laughs> Don't you listen to metal? Good. I mean, yes, but it's not just the guy going hey! for you know forty minutes straight. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Danny. Go ahead. The original movies have some of the best soundtrack. Like, like the original songs that they compose for the movies, they're oh, really yeah. good. In in the yeah, th- those movies are killer. They are top notch quality anime, as far as I'm concerned. The brawly the brawly theme in the last movie, it's like I listen to that on its own. Like when I'm reading. When I'm reading stuff, like it's just really good. Um, but you know, once we obviously they read kind of a little bit of Dragon Ball Z at the end because that's not what happens at the end. So it's always fun to kind of see what things they changed. Mm-hmm. But you know, the introduction of Beers and Wh- and Whis, like those are two of my favorite characters in all of Dragon Ball, and they're just so so brand new, but they're so different. So just just knowing that they can still go and take us places like that's pretty exciting and it's it's if we didn't get any more dragon ball z like i would be really happy with just the the last three movies that we've gotten mm-hmm. i mean yeah renee do you do you have any any favorite bits i mean 
in in recent memory, I guess. Because like, oh, we don't necessarily oh, have to go through the whole I, series, but I guess recent memory. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, how much time do we have? Yeah, um, yeah, I figured that. Maybe <laughs> we should keep it a little bit more recent. Yeah, as soon as you said that you were like, throughout the whole series in Dragon Ball, I was like, oh, God, where to start? <gasps> Unless this episode is a one-shot, and yeah, if people yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. we'll do like the minis, <laughs> like, we'll get added to the weekly jump. Yeah, oh, yeah, boy, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so first of all I, I feel like i should say this because i believe that this is what is true but the uh so the super anime the super manga and the movies are actually all separate canons so they're all like separate universes so like because the movie came out first then they did then from the success of the movie they decided they were going to do the manga then everybody was excited for the manga they were like well we're going to do the anime and then the anime mm-hmm. does start out really rough and then gets uh, better and the animation got a lot better and whatnot. And they mm-hmm. just were like, well, let's do another movie. And then they did two more movies and then they were like, well, let's do the Broly movie. And uh, so I believe that the new Broly movie cancels out the older Broly movies, but at the same yeah. time, it also is in the new vein of the new movies type canon but they're also separate from the anime and the manga because the anime has stuff that the manga doesn't. Right. And um, what's interesting about that is that it's so funny because they allude to things that happen in the movies in the manga to just kind of shortcut away, having to explain why, um, you know, wheeze and, and, uh, various characters exist. Yeah. And Beerus, thank you exist. And as well as, um, you know, having to explain, oh, well, he turned, you know, Super Saiyan God in, you know, way back when we did that thing. And it's just a one line bubble, you know, yeah. so it's it's funny that they do that. I think it's also funny because like I think they because Akira Toriyama wrote the movies. So I think he mm-hmm. wrote the first one. I think he wrote the movies and then like he I don't know if he was planning to do uh, the anime or to do the manga series. And I think that the right, I don't know. I think he, I don't know if he writes for the anime, but I think he's definitely like uh, a consultant for it. Oh, for sure. Um, But anyways, so I just wanted to throw that out there, but uh, I would say the most memorable thing from recent years is actually from, uh, I think it's in resurrection F. Maybe it's in battle of the gods. Uh, I think it's in battle of the gods, but it's when they show that Krillin is a police officer and uh, after he stops a crime, his f- cell phone rings, and it's the One Piece um, intro song. Oh, I did not even catch so that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's really funny because the person that voices Krillin in in Japanese is also the voice of Monkey D. Luffy. And so when... Oh, no way. When I heard it, because I watched it soft with my best friend we both started dying i was like that is beautiful that's i don't even care about the rest of the movie i'm obviously gonna watch it but i was like that (laughs) that's my top moment that's my top moment from the recent ones that's great what what about you mike what's what's uh most memorable i mean i i've been i've been thinking about it i mean i think you know vegeta and goku like the the thing that I mentioned earlier, that you know, the two of them realizing that they like Weiss is like, oh, if you guys just you know work together and you became Vegito or Gogeta or whatever they call it, you know, um, you could be the most powerful being. And they're like, no, we have to do it individually. That's that's been like a a core 
thing for me that I really liked about the series, which has led to the stuff that they're doing right now, um, where, you know, Vegeta has gone off and he's training on his own and Goku is trying to find this perfect instinct. I mean, I love the way that they're, they're, they're developing the characters right now, but I think um, Jiren was probably one of my favorite you know, like pseudo villains um, of recent history where um, the fight where he is so absolutely strong and he's he's unbeatable and it's not it's just a matter of sheer strength. It's not it's not like Moro where he's stealing people's power or anything like that. It is just straight up. You have to be stronger than this guy to beat him and no one is possibly stronger than him. Um and to see Goku and Vegeta trying to go back and forth. And meanwhile, we've got like, you know, Piccolo and, and Tien and everybody sitting on the sidelines. They're just like, how are these guys even, how do, we could never even keep up. We'd be dead right now. You know, I, I think that it's it's a really funny thing to see the meta commentary from the side characters. Even someone like Gohan, you know, comment on how powerful these guys have become. Um, and I think my favorite joke is that Gohan is like off teaching school. And that's why he hasn't been practicing his fighting is just ridiculous to me. Um, because I think for a while, you know, the story seemed like it was leaning on Gohan was going to be the next major character. Um, and Renee, you probably can correct me on this. But uh, then, no, that's right. Tori- yeah, and so, you know, so he was going to be the next major character, but the fans were like, no, 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 we want Goku. And then Gohan just disappears. Actually. <laughs> to the Cell Saga. It's fantastic. Actually, what happened was, is that, like, uh, Gohan was supposed to be the main character. He was supposed to take over. And then as he mm-hmm. was writing, Toriyama was like, uh, he's just not that character. He doesn't like fighting. He's uh, yeah. He's yeah. not that guy. So it was it was Toriyama himself who was like, okay, it's not it's not Gohan. But he said a couple of times uh, they're like when people are like who's the strongest in the Dragon Ball Z universe? He's like Gohan. Gohan's got the most potential. That's why in, at the end of Z, like uh, there's a bunch of times in Dragon Ball Z where they're like Gohan's got this untapped potential. But he's like, yeah, I like physics. Mm-hmm. you know well it's, it's so funny because like yeah like you said that people say that so often through the manga and the anime and everything and the fact that he's just like no nah, i don't want to fight because because you're right at to that point gohan is constantly just like yeah dad i don't i don't want to fight <laughs> actually mm-hmm. i kind of just want to go to school and be a regular kid um which i which kind of begs the question you know what does goten want to do which he seems to want to fight but that's maybe just a thing of being a little kid because him and young trunks are probably some of the funniest things in the series and they're so unbelievably strong at such a young age it it harkens back to the idea of goku being that strong but they can go super saiyan and they can you know do the fusion dance and all that stuff without even having to worry about it um i I also love that about the series, but I mean, we could go on and on and on. If I had to say it though, I think Jiren is probably one of the most interesting um, pieces of story in the middle of this very clearly, we just need to pad out issues and we need to tell a story of people fighting tournament saga that they did um, before the Moro stuff happened, which I really like. Um, but could I bring yeah, up a, a quick, another quick highlight too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when Vegeta first meets Beerus and he has to distract them from destroying the world, Oh jeez, oh Pete! The, the bingo dance. Oh my gosh, yeah. In Battle of Gods, I lost it. Like I was like, this is how strong this person is. That even Vegeta is willing to like put all his pride aside, and and you know, like it was, yeah, it was hilarious when he was doing the little dance on the stage and and uh, trying to distract him from like destroying the earth because <laughs> he couldn't yeah. have any fighting. Yeah. 
it's i mean it's fantastic i mean again and this is like the 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 constant role and movement of the series to show that these characters can have all these weird angles and when they do break who they actually are um it becomes really entertaining entertaining manga i mean it's it's a constant question that i think creators who have been making manga in specific for a really long time you know how do you continue to make your story interesting and i think dragon ball suffers from the problem that everyone makes fun of anime and all this stuff for you know especially here in in like the western world of just constant power battles and people leveling up and being more powerful dragon ball is the reason why we have that i think in a lot of ways and now it's kind of a question of how does dragon ball super take that and twist it on its head and i think things like that where you've got vegeta doing a dance in front of this all-powerful god um simply to make sure that he doesn't destroy the world i mean that's really really funny and it's also a show in that you know this character can actually swallow his pride for the sake of the universe yeah. um which <laughs> i think at that point in the movie we were all kind of wondering is vegeta really gonna do this because we know how prideful he is will he actually bring himself down a peg <laughs> so there was actual genuine risk there i think <laughs> i i oh, really sure. enjoy the that they brought the galactic patrolman into the most recent arc. Mm-hmm. I, uh, cause I actually hadn't been following super. And then I was like, I'll decide to read a random chapter. And then Jocko's in there. And I was like, excuse you. Like, I know he's shown up in dragon ball before, but I was like, hold up, mm-hmm. hold up, hold up, hold up. You're telling me that Jocko, the galactic patrolman is in dragon ball super. Oh man. I'm so in. I'm so in. Yeah. And like Flynn. And it's great. He, he's got his own little mini series too, right? Yeah, he's it was uh, like eleven issues or something. It's got like a single volume. Um it, it was it was one of the series that uh like a little one shot thing that or not like one shot, yeah. but a mini series that he did. There's also a mm-hmm. series called Sandland, which uh I believe you can read both of them on the Shonen Jump app, I think. Yeah. I know you can yeah. do Sandland, I don't know about Jocko, but yeah, yeah, we, I've seen Jacko a couple times on on the Shonen Jump app. We read uh, we read Jacko for a book club once, like a couple years ago, <laughs> and I knew it was by Akira Toriyama, but I didn't know it was connected to Dragon Ball. So when you get to the and sorry spoilers for the Jacko series, <laughs> when you get to the last few pages, you find out that that girl is Bulma's sister, and I was like, what? More Dragon right. Ball? I lost right, my right. shit at the end of that when we were reading. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and uh, to go beyond just, you know, the Dragon Ball series, I mean, there's all sorts of weird stuff out there that exists, you know, like all the video games kind of take canon into their own control and do whatever they want. You know, I I know that there's another Android character that got created that has I've seen action figures of and all sorts of strangely lewd art of Um, it's like a she looks like Boo, but she's supposedly an Android and she's got like a weird tube top thing, but she's got a big stretched out head like Boo. Um I, I think it's an like Android new, 21 is, or something. Is that the Android or is that the new Ginyu Force person from the new game from uh, from Kakarot? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I think, I mean, uh, Googling it, there's there's mixed results because Android 21 turns it. Yeah, don't, I mean, if you search Android 21, um, she shows up in Dragon Ball Fighter Z and she transforms into this, I guess, pink skinned, like, I guess oh. she has white hair. That's what it is. Okay, um, from that game. Oh, yeah. okay. I know. Who, yeah, 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 yeah. Turn on safe search. Yeah, to definitely turn on safe search for this one. Um, I mean, but there's there's all that. I mean, like the Kakarot game does its own thing to try to tell the story a little bit differently. Because um, that game goes through like a lot of Dragon Ball Z and actually has you play through the various fights and stuff. 
um, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's the series that it, I love to death, which is I was reincarnated as Yamcha, the, probably one of the funniest three-issue miniseries I've ever read, where a kid who's going to school knows everything about Dragon Ball Z. Um, he supposedly dies or he falls down the stairs or something like that whatever trope you need to start one of these uh reincarnated stories um and he wakes up and he's yamcha right before he's supposed to get killed um i think by is it by raditz by the, i think he dies um, by a cyberman oh cyber oh, yeah yeah right before he's supposed to get killed and so he powers himself up um and is able to survive and he continues to survive on and on and on in all these places where yamcha was supposed to die or shouldn't have been as powerful as goku and vegeta um and it's it's a really goofy fun little three issue chapter or three chapter series that you can read i think you can read the whole run um for free on the shonen jump app yeah um, but man i i grabbed that really quick and it was such a fun little thing yeah that was a lot of fun too i remember reading that But I guess, you know, like, I, I, I this kind of comes back to a thing that I said before, you know, Dragon Ball in, in, in general is kind of about power levels. It's the manga about power levels. Um, does, how does it continue to work for you guys? I mean, for me, I, I think I've kind of expressed it, you know, like I like the rivalry. I like the the constant trying to outdo each other portion of it. But does that is that the same reason that keeps you guys reading with this kind of same story over and over and over um, beyond the stuff, you know, like goofy jokes and everything but like this this core element of power levels does that still work for you guys as you read the story yeah i think uh and i'm gonna go a little bit into spoilers for the current dragon ball super um you know i they they found a new enemy that moro he has i want to say kind of magic based powers which is always kind of a good trope to yeah kind of take someone down that's really powerful you know superman he's weak to magic same thing with you know Goku and Vegeta, they can't just beat, you know, they can't just power up and beat this guy. Uh, so they each go and kind of do their own type of training that, like you mentioned. And Vegeta finally realizes that he has to do a different kind of training if he ever wants to uh, surpass Goku. Mm -hmm, so he goes mm -hmm. to, what is it, Planet Jardra, where Goku learned, learned the yeah, instant transmission because their techniques are more uh, spirit-based or the, the key-based. So he figures he can be a better fighter by training a different way, as opposed to Goku that just wants to kind of master the ultra instinct. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, you know, seeing their approach and seeing the fact that these characters can still take a turn like that, you know, that makes me interested. Like I mentioned, I hadn't really read the manga ongoing until now mm -hmm. because I was like, well, I have the Shonen Jump app. I'm not getting, we're not getting any animated Dragon Ball Super for a long time. Um, because I was only watching the Funimation dub. Uh, yeah, sorry, Renee. I don't. I try not to watch. I don't dubs. care. <laughs> I was like, watch what you want to watch. You can like do other stuff while watching dubs. I mean, with subs, um, you got to be right at the screen. Right, right. <laughs> this is my problem with My Hero Academia is that if I, I only want to watch it in subs because for some reason anyways totally unrelated go back to what you're <laughs> talking a, about that's another mini <laughs> yeah that's a totally different thing for sure how we were delayed with this with the dub for a few weeks oh that was mm -hmm. that was hell um anyways uh, but but yeah um you know so just the fact that they can still change the characters like these and they can take different approaches to the story um i love that they master roshi shows up for everything now like He's still a badass kicking ass just after all these. <laughs> yeah. Like, he somehow still has like secrets in his pocket, like that he can somehow still be buff and fight people. Well, he drank from that water from that well, right? When he was younger. So 
Oh yeah, yeah, true, true. A long, long time ago. So, so I mean, mm-hmm. they, Akira Toriyama is still doing stuff to to kind of challenge the characters uh, and challenge who they are up until this point. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what really gets me going um, or keeps me reading. Uh, the art is still amazing, even though it's not him anymore. Like, uh, and I don't have the name of the artist, but so I apologize. But he's he's really good at having that same style of Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z. But I feel like he still adds his own or their own. I don't even know if it's a guy. They just add their own flair to it. Mm-hmm. Like the art is still top notch, I think, in, in the manga. Yeah, the artist for that is uh, Toratayu, or excuse me, Toya, Toyo Taru. I'm I'm butchering the name. I'm sorry, but yeah, he's he's definitely able to capture the same look and feel, but still make it his own a little bit, which I I very much enjoy. Um, but Renee, I, what you know, what what keeps you coming back, you know, to to Dragon Ball? If it's not just the gags and stuff, because I feel like Super doesn't have nearly as many gags as you would expect, you know, from Dragon Ball in general. Um, especially when we're talking about Dragon Ball way back in the day, and Dragon Ball Z, I think, still had a, quite a few um, gags throughout. I think Super's really toned that back because it's just about fight after fight after prep after fight. You know? Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm just reading it just to support. Akira Toriyama. I'm going to be honest right. with you. I actually think that uh, I, I, my friend and I have had this conversation a lot. Uh, I generally didn't really care about Super a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, look, it's it's just supporting Akira Toriyama. I think he's a brilliant storyteller, and uh, you know, I wouldn't like half of the things that I like without Dragon Ball. And I still think Dragon mm-hmm. Ball, like even the original Dragon Ball series which I highly recommend you read it instead of watching it. Like the anime is great in its own sense, but reading it, you get a whole different perspective of like, yeah. of the story. Uh, I think the Goku versus King Piccolo is, and Goku versus Tian Shinhan is some of the best fights in the series overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I keep reading it one because uh, to support Akira Toriyama. And then the other one is, is that like, I am at least a little bit curious uh, to see what what happens and whatnot, and whether or not it keeps my attention is you know is what it is. But I mean, with especially when you were talking about the power level thing, that never really bothered me because it was like you know how are you gonna overcome this seemingly insurmountable thing that's in your way? Like when it started in the Saiyan saga, like Radis was so strong to them and they were like, man, that's crazy. And everybody in mm-hmm. Dragon Ball at least seemed within reach. And then to know that there were people that like, they trained for a whole year and then the Saiyans still outclassed them. And then during the Frieza saga, like they kept throwing their, their meanest stuff at him. They were multiple people just fighting him. And like Frieza was like, not even phased. And they were like, what are we going to do? And yeah, and then you know, obviously, when Super Saiyan happened, everybody went nuts because they nobody had seen something like that before, and it was like, holy crap, yep. right. game changer, bro! Whoa! And then you know, obviously, right. it became you know, Gohan became Super Saiyan too. Then it was just like, oh, is there something beyond? What's it gonna look like? Is it cool? Is it as cool? And I know that I know that we talked about GT a little bit. And I will, I will admit that I thought Super Saiyan 4, I thought that was the dopest thing I'd ever seen. 
but I was mm-hmm. also like 14. So like, you know, I also thought grind was like the greatest movie I'd ever seen. And so, you know, hold, you know, take that, take everything I say with a grain of salt of 14. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there are some things that came out of GT that are pretty cool. I mean, yeah. You know, Renee, I think you mentioned before we started recording or earlier, you said, you know, Vegeta with a mustache. Like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Or the the Golden Ozaru. Heck, yeah. yeah. I still think that should be a thing. They should bring that to Super. They turn into the Ozaru and then there's like, hmm, you know what? You know what this needs? Super Saiyan, baby. Bam. I would, that would, yeah. I, I do have one of those figures that I got in Japan um, of one of those. Actually, no, it's it's not a Golden Ozaru. It's a. It's Vegeta after he's been taken over by, I think he's called Ball, where he's been taken over by an alien. Spe- I, I didn't really watch enough GT to actually be you, able to. He's talking speak about to when it. he got taken over by Baby. Baby, Baby, that's what it is. Yes. So the the names change in the so in the manga they use the kind of the Japanese names almost, but because some of the names are different, like Samus, Samasu is just Samus. Uh, stuff like that still throws me off a little bit, even after knowing Dragon Ball so much. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so used to the name that the anime has, yeah. so when they talk about like techniques and stuff, I'm like, wait, which one? What technique is this? I don't like the what is it? The evil containment, uh, uh, evil containment. Oh, wave? the thing with the rice cooker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it by because <laughs> they they re- they recently bring it up when they're trying to fight Samasu. It's like uh, the oh goodness gracious. Yeah, I don't remember the Japanese name, and I just read it like two weeks ago. Uh, so stuff like that still throws me off. The so mafuba. Like, yeah, there you go. Oh, the mafuba, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that it's like it's one word in Japanese. And then it's not even like a long word, but they're like, it's the evil containment wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a literal translation in some capacity, right? Yeah. And the, the one thing I'll say about GT, I think the lesson that using the Dragon Ball so much actually polluted them and like, I thought that was a cool concept that there was actually consequences to using the Dragon Balls to solve all our problems. Our, you know, mm. our problems, me and the gang. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that like the execution. Maybe not, it didn't work as it doesn't work as much to me now. I'm sure it did when I was uh, younger because yeah, Super Saiyan Four when they do a fusion dance and they're like Super Saiyan Four. What is it, Gogeta? Super Saiyan Four? Yeah. With the mm-hmm. big bang Kamehameha, like yeah, that was a go, cool. Gogeta with the fusion dance, Vegito is with the earrings. Yeah. Gotcha. See, I can never keep that straight. I can never keep that stuff straight. Vegito styles, Gogeta's Gogeta. I don't know. I see. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any, I, we're, you know, we're, we're almost running out of tape here. So do you guys have any final thoughts? I mean, you're going to continue to read Dragon Ball Super, at least probably until it gets bad, which who knows what the definition of bad is. Um, but, uh, you know, what are your final thoughts on on Dragon Ball, like, in general? I know we didn't talk too much about, like, some of the older stuff. But, I mean, obviously, it all matters. It's all very good stuff. Um, I think maybe after I finish One Piece, I'll go back and reread all of Dragon Ball Z from... Or Dragon Ball from the beginning, just to just to say that I did. Uh, I'll we'll join see. you for that one. Okay, that's, that's a good okay, decision. that could be a fun challenge. That's a but, good um, decision. Yeah, you guys, you know, we we've we've talked about a lot of different stuff. I mean, final thoughts on on Dragon Ball in general, um, Renee. Let's start with you. So Dragon Ball, obviously, it changed. It was a game changer. It changed Jump and Shonen manga for forever. That is just a fact. And you know, it's one of the most popular series to come out of Japan and it started as a gag manga and then became 
the epitome of shonen. Everybody, any shonen manga that comes out, they always relate it back to Dragon Ball because mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it it changed everything. It was something that we'd never seen before, and it's highly unlikely we're going to see something that has that same kind of impact. Even with the impact of the big three and My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball is is something that's always going to be that everyone's going to always throw back to. And there's a million reasons to love it, and there's a million reasons to hate it. But at the end of the day, it's still impactful. And if you give it time, it's always fun whether or not you enjoy it or not Mm -hmm. what about you danny final thoughts and maybe you know at the end here i'll let you leak a little bit of your hot takes because i know you have a couple in your notes at least oh yeah um, final thoughts on uh final thoughts on on dragon ball um no i i mean i think i I definitely agree with renee um i think the only thing i'll say is if you don't watch if you haven't watched any dragon ball dragon ball super anything um go ahead and watch the broly movie because I think that that's what brought new life, and I, I believe the series was over. Like they had announced, the manga's over. Uh, as soon as Supers gets to that point, it'll be done. But I think the movie was so successful that it gave new life to whoever's like, okay, I guess we can have Akira Toriyama still write some more, uh, maybe make more movies in the future. Uh, but it just and bringing Broly to the canon, like I think a lot of people have been waiting a long, long time for that, right? We had those early Broly movies that they just kind of kept getting worse as they went by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but just the way they brought him in and the way they set him up, like, you know, it's something that we can build on for the future. So, yeah, if, if you need if you need a good point, go go watch that. That's what, what I recommend because it really encapsulates everything that is Dragon Ball, like the fights, the gags, like everything It's part of that. Absolutely. I mean, um, Dragon Ball to me is just it's it's the it's the default manga. It's the default anime in my mind. Um, I think that's that's probably only because, you know, like the like you other two, um, you know, we've been, we grew up on it. It's something that like started us down this path of maybe reading and, and consuming anime and manga. But to me, like all the characters are so distinct. They're so unique. They are so you know, stereotypical in a lot of ways of characters that you see now, it's like the Seinfeld effect, you know, where you watch something else and you go back to the thing that it was based on and you didn't realize that that was the thing. And so it doesn't feel nearly as rich. But, you know, if if you started with Dragon Ball and you started with Dragon Ball Z, man, like those characters are so compelling um, from beginning to end. And I think even now, like, you know, we've talked about Super a whole bunch. Even now, there are still like angles to find in these characters that have been established for almost 30 years um 40 years almost you know and so it's it's wild to see them actually like akira toriyama still be able to develop these characters well and even though you know i think one of my gripes with super is that all the side characters literally get put to the side after a certain point right like there is a you know there's a moment where piccolo and tn and yamcha and krillin they'll they'll show up and even the androids will show up and they'll fight and then they'll go oh well i guess now it's goku and vegeta's time you know they're gonna do all the fighting um which is kind of a bummer because those side characters really enrich the story, especially in arcs like the Frieza saga. You know, there was so like everyone was kind of on even ground until Goku went Super Saiyan. And so it was really interesting to see them all approach different fights in different ways. Um, And it's kind of a bummer to see that they can't power up themselves because they're not Super Saiyan. But nonetheless, like 
these characters still exist and when they do get their moments to shine even for a handful of pages it's fantastic and it's still as amazing as those issues way 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 back then um so i i think like this is a almost like a i wouldn't say timeless but it is a very classic book to me and i'll always have fond memories of it and i think that's that's what keeps me going and it's probably nostalgia and all that but really i think if you threw someone in at dragon ball z and said you know what just power through you know read these 40 volumes or something i think they would get as much enjoyment out of it as i think all three of us have i believe so, it's 23 um, for dragon ball Z. okay so it's not even that hard see i have been jaded by reading things like one piece and bleach that i think that everything is just 70 volumes mm-hmm. long um i mean i know that one piece is longer than that but even still i just assume any well-established series is like 40 to 50 to 60 volumes long but um dragon ball is a whole other thing um nonetheless you know I, I thank you guys for for your time today. This has been super fun. Um, I guess to wrap things up here, Danny, where can people find you on the internet if they want to check out more of your stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Echo Spider, and you can check out my podcast at Next Issue Pod. Um, we're a little bit slow putting out stuff because there hadn't been comics and stuff uh, coming out, but we're we're bringing a new episode where we talk about a few news, uh, the Snyder Cut, stuff like that. So, you know, keep on the lookout for that. Very cool. Um, and we'll make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, for us, I guess, you can follow Renee at Rodriguez 29 You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, all the normal places. Uh, this show... And our many subscriber-only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon. You can join now at patreon.com slash ircbpodcast. And if you haven't already, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You don't have to give us five stars, but we would super appreciate it. You can join us on Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord, and make sure to tell a friend or two about the show. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for our show. Xander is a very cool guy, someone who gives very good high fives. He also edits the show. I want to say thank you to Danny and Renee for being on this episode. Thank you to the listeners out there for listening. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. realize i never gave danny a chance to do his hot takes so danny if you want to go and give your hot takes what's what are your what are your what's your biggest hot take you got on your list i think the biggest hot take is that uh goku is kind of a piece of trash uh, oh we gotta uh, i'm gonna hit stop recording and hang up this call right now <laughs> <laughs> he's, a bad dad. he's a bad dad because uh you know piccolo raised gohan Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 This is a pretty. This is a pretty cold take, if you ask me. But keep going. Well, listen. listen they t-shirts. Oh. <laughs> so th- that's that's pretty normal. But then in Dragon Ball Super, he's even encouraging Vegeta to be a bad dad because he's like, "Hey, come on, let's go train." And Vegeta's like, yeah, oh, this- my, "My daughter's about to be born. Like, I have to mm-hmm. be here." He's like, "Ah, oh, you're a buzzkill or whatever." Uh, and then the whole he almost erased twelve universe or eleven universes because he wanted to fight. Like he is kind of a trash man that just wants to fight. He is he is very simple minded. That's the or like one track mind. I guess that's that's the way that I've always thought of Goku. Yeah. Um, does that make him a bad dad? Probably, but um, he's still the hero of the story, Danny. 
Not to me. Vegeta, Vegeta, my father, is the hero of the story. Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I actually think you're, I saw in your notes, like, I think Vegeta definitely does have the more compelling storyline, especially recently, which I wonder if that is Toriyama trying to do something different with the series. But, uh, Renee, I want to hear your reactions to this really quick before we wrap now. Dude, Vegeta sucks. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You got you got to back that up with something. I don't actually care. Um, <laughs> Rude. Rude. I was like, my favorite's Krillin, honestly, because uh, okay, okay, he's the strongest human. He's a ball of laughs. He just keeps on trucking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always mm-hmm. around. He's he's definitely reached his uh, prior participation badge. You know. Oh yeah, he's a good dad. Yeah. He's a good dad, and he's, and he's probably a terrible cop because he's like he refuses to fly around. He still uses his scooter. So, Renee, real quick, how do you think Krillin talked Android eighteen into calling their daughter by his ex girlfriend's name? <laughs> I don't. Well, know. she didn't know. She wouldn't know, right? That's still kind of a shitty move. Like somebody never Is brought it, it the up. Same like... thing. Is it really? Yeah, from her name from the Garlic Junior saga. Yeah, yeah, her name was Marin, and Krillin's daughter's name is Marin. And I was like, wait oh, a minute. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, That's wild. Oh, man. I guess I never noticed that. Um, I guess to, to, I guess to answer that, um, I don't think I care about that one either. <laughs> I mean, it was probably editorial, though. Like, I mean, Garlic Jr. doesn't exist in the in the manga yeah, you know so. that's true it's a, that's true. it's a movie thing so i mean like yeah, yeah very curatorial yeah. someone brought it up to curatorial after he's like well look it's already in the magazine <laughs> and then they're like you can fix that before we put out the graphic novel um as yeah, it's already in the magazine look yeah. toriyama don't care renee don't care <laughs> i see i see speaking for toriyama right now that's terrible 